Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey folks, welcome to another excellent edition of the Eating Crow podcast. I'm honored to have, by the way, another fine-looking bald gentleman on the program, Rich <laughs> Rich, welcome. Yes, thank you. I appreciate this. It's, uh, it's good to be here. So Rich has got a, a very fascinating background, uh, both in the military and he's an entrepreneur. He's kicked off his own business. Um, he's a family guy. He's also a fitness guy. So close to my own heart. Um, I haven't been able to convince my wife to let me tat up yet. So we're going to talk to Rich about how I can convince her to do that. My kids are all for it, by the way. My kids oh, are like, yeah. dad, you, you could pull a sleeve off. You need, you know, my wife's like, no, yeah, it's more than socially accepted now. It's almost like a thing. It is. It is. So I'm going to take notes and I'm going to have her listen to this podcast. Okay. All right. That's the Sounds plan. good, man. So Rich, uh, you know, tell us today, you know, what you're doing um, with, you know, your, your own business as a videographer and a vlogger uh, at Richmond, uh, you know, as a business. Tell us where that all kind of started. Yeah. So, um, well, it actually started about, I'd say about three years ago. I was, uh, I was working my nine to five, right? I, I don't want to go back too far. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about, mil- we'll, we'll go back to the military part, but yeah, uh, well. I was working the nine to five. I was in ops management. I was in a warehouse environment. And, um, and although I loved management, right? I learned a lot about myself and about managing other people. I didn't have that. I wasn't getting that full fulfillment that I, that, that was in me, right? There's mm-hmm. when you feel that, that there's something in you is that I'm, you're not being fulfilled in what you're doing in regard to the profession. I, I wasn't quite feeling that. I, I got to a point where I was making decent money. I was enjoying myself, but I didn't feel fulfilled. And, I, and maybe I was just always that burning passion that was always in me, right? Sure. So, so what happened was, I, I'll, I'll kind of give you the long story short, right? Like we can, kinda, we can go into some more details as we elaborate a little later. But so what happened was, is that I, you know, I had some friends that were videographers and I was always drawn to storytelling. Um, obviously by just watching movies, right. Never really picked up a camera. never really did much of that. I was drawn into just, you know, obviously watching a lot of just great movies and looking at things very differently. Obviously I look at them a lot differently now, but so what happened was I decided to pick up a camera, right. Bought an entry level uh, for me, it was a $500 Panasonic Lumix G7, right. It was entry level camera. And I decided I wanted to film my daughter at a coffee shop, which was what's the what's the um, coffee shop out there in Raleigh that a lot of people go to. It's a big meeting spot. Can't get it off the top of my tongue. But um, so we went in there and I filmed a little sequence and I learned a lot within that. Right. Um, Obviously, by just kind of doing some studying on YouTube and trying to just looking at some different things. And as I was going through the process of figuring out how to maybe get certain shots and then you know, take that, take that coffee shop experience and me just filming it, documenting it, taking it into a editing platform. I was like, okay, you know, this is something that I really feel like that I can do. Um, and even at that, at the beginning stages of it, I was kind of just trying it out. Right. I went, mm-hmm. you know, full in to where, to where I was, I was, I was filming clips and right. And I was taking those clips, understanding how to manage that, putting it to editing software and then creating a video. Right. So then obviously my family, my daughter got real happy about it, but then as I started to dive deeper into what, um, into more storytelling, right? I, I was trying to understand what, how can I find myself within this, right? And then over over the long term, I was able to kind of really develop 
a style and definitely a passion to where I am today um, in, in, in this industry and in this niche. You know, if you can't pursue something you really enjoy, you feel like you're going to work every day. Yeah. Right? You yeah. don't feel like you're going to work every day, do you? No, not at all. I was just, I was just having this conversation with my wife about it too, is that, no, you can't come over here. Sorry. No. Sorry. My wife is talking real quick. Yeah. You can come. You can crawl though. <laughs> I'm in the bedroom. My wife's like, can I crawl over there and get something? So, so back to what I was saying. So what I was getting to is that I was just having this conversation with my wife, basically saying like, you know, well, if I'm making three grand a month, five grand a month or 10 grand a month, right? Everybody wants to make more money. At least I'd like to hope everybody wants to make more money. Sure. But like, for example, there's times that I'm making three grand a month as a freelance videographer, right? But I told her, I said, I'm actually enjoying myself, sure. right? Most recently, I've been doing a lot of uh, projects filming for, uh, I, I can't name the client, but it's, it's been a lot of storytelling in, on the farms, local farms, uh, you know, big farmers, local farmers, and a lot of like agriculture type stuff. Sure. And it's hot. I'm sweating. There's gnats around me, but I get the chills when I'm in that heat. Yeah. Right. Like I'm filming, like I'm trying to find the spot to film the farmer, right. I'm trying to make him feel comfortable. And as he's talking, I'm taking notes to try and understand what are the best shots are going to drive this story. Sure. A drone shot, a drone, a, a shot of him getting on the tractor, a shot of him with the, with, with, um, you know, out on the farm with the vegetables or with the cattle or whatever, whatever it may be. But it's the certain shots that I get and it's the certain things that I hear. And it's the, I feel like it's just the relationship. I've really over the past three years, obviously the ups and downs and the trials and tribulations through that. But even now to this day, like present day in the past couple of weeks, like there's just certain moments that happen, whether if it's, whether from filming or in the edit that I'm just like, this is it. Like I knew that this was what I was meant to do. Never knew it. Never knew that I even had, that I could even build this skill set. Mm -hmm. but it happened. You know, it's interesting. Just me doing this podcast, I've experienced maybe not at the same level, but uh, I'm sure you went through this and we'll talk about it. When you recognize this is something you wanted to try, it's a big leap as a husband and a father to say, I'm going to go do this. I've never done it before. Right. So when I started looking at, and by the way, I've had a lot of people say, Pete, you should be doing a podcast. And I'm like, well, you know, that means I got to, I got to take more of my nights and weekends and I do that already. And, but I, I was, I was very curious about it. So here I, I figured out how to do it. And oddly enough, I'm editing video, I'm editing audio. And that to me is, is, it's kind of, I actually enjoy that part of it. It's part of the process, but this is my favorite part, right? I, I get off these calls and I say to my family, like, you wouldn't believe this guy or this woman who, who did this, right? And she's passionate about it. Yep. Every one of my podcasts, I, I learned something tremendous about another human being. Yeah. And it's bettering me. Hopefully it's bettering our listeners. And you said an interesting comment. I, you know, I've produced probably 500 different videos, exercise videos, motivational videos, commercials, whatever. I'm like you, now that I have really smart video and audio people around me for five years, really smart people, I have a hard time watching a movie without thinking, how did they film that? Or yeah. I wonder where they had that camera and go, that lighting doesn't seem right. Or that audio is amazing. And my wife's looking like, why don't you just enjoy the movie? Yeah. You know, and it's, but it's to you, it's, it's, you're fascinated by it and now you're doing it. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to touch on that as, as, uh, 
just to backtrack that transition. Yeah. Um, from, from being in, in that ops management position to really jumping into this, into this niche, right? Jumping into this passion. So, you know, I would say about five or six months when I was still in the nine to five, I was shooting, I was editing, doing free projects for some fitness guys and kind of just really getting my feet wet, right? And not even really building the portfolio, just, just getting in and, and building the skill set. And then, you know, fast forwarding, it got to that point. Yeah, I, I got two kids. I, you know, my daughter's 18 now. My son is 11. I've been married for 11, 12 years. So when that transition happened, my wife was like, you're crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, we have a family. Like, you got a good job, benefits and stuff like that. And I said, listen, if I, 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 the one thing that's killing me is regret. I cannot live with regret. Yeah. Meanwhile, there is a thing with regret, but then there is a thing of building a skill set that you get paid for. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. So. I told my wife, I said, listen, there is no plan B. I, I have to make this happen. And she was like, Rich, you're crazy. I, I'm not sure about it. I said, listen, I got to do it. Right? So, like, so like it, was, it was that thing to where I jumped in. I built some really good relationships. What I mean relationships is it was with other videographers, other small little uh, video production companies, right, to where they saw what I was doing. I, 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 was, I wasn't trying to be somebody else. There's so many there's so many great filmmakers out there. So many filmmakers that I know and so many great video production companies and there's so many pieces of great content. Yeah. So now in the space that we live in is that you have to, in order to really, you know, successful is a thing that everybody has their own definition. But for me as a, as a freelance videographer, filmmaker, whatever you want to call it, I had to develop my own style. So, and what I mean by that is that the way that I talk, the, my, the way that I am and, and how it, that, that transpires into my videography, how I shoot, the music that I have. Like, yeah, it's all different types of, you know, depending on what you're shooting, if it's for an interview or whether it's sports or whatever it is, it is different styles of content. Mm-hmm. But I felt like my personality really had to come out with on how I shoot and mm-hmm. how I do things because it's, it is very relational, right? People will get to know you by your style. Right. So that was just, that was a great thing for me to really understand throughout the years as I've developed as a human being, I've developed also too as, as a, as a videographer. So there was one of those things. So I don't want to get too sidetracked, but that transition, there was, there was some setback. There was a lot of anxiety. There was fear, all the emotions that kicked in. But I said, if I don't do this now, I'm going to regret it. Right. And I'll tell you, man, I have not looked back. Like it's been very fruitful. There's been some, 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 some peaks and some valleys, but it's been, it's been fruitful. And, and going back to like me defining success is that I get to, I get to always be a student of the game in in this career and I get to control my own time and, and, and just touching on time too. time is something that we all have the same amount of time. But as I look back into kind of getting up and doing essentially doing the same thing every day and getting home around the same thing every day is that like, it is not like that at all as an entrepreneur and in this space, there's times that I'm up editing late hours in the night. And then I love to do my work from 5.00 AM to like 10 or 11, Yeah, you know, whether if it's editing, because there's times I'm shooting a lot and then I have to go back and do editing. So it's like, I control my time. If I'm gone for a couple of days and I don't want to shoot or edit, I know when I get back that it's, it's literally grind time. Like it's literally yeah. 10 to 12 hour days that, I, that I'm doing what I got to do. And then obviously those, sometimes those cold days and those hot days that you're shooting and stuff like it's just it just doesn't matter like 
there's this is I just love it. I love it. It's 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 who I am now. So you know, when you find people, I, I did a podcast uh, yesterday, and we're very kindred spirits in our enthusiasm for what we do. Yeah. And when you talk to people that are passionate about what they do, they can talk about it all day. Even yeah. the rough stuff, even like you said, grinding out a 12 hour editing day that could drain people for you. It's part of, like I said, it's part of the creative process. Yeah. You know, I was, I was taking some notes. I it's, I'm learning. There are points in these podcasts where I have to write something down because it was so good. The title of this podcast, you said it is going to be, there was no plan B. That's the title of this podcast. I love that. I love that. So when I when I make the thumbnail and I put it out and I promote this, that will be it's gonna be eating crow with rich font. There is no plan B. That's yeah, it's it's total one hundred percent commitment to what you're doing. Yeah. And kudos to your wife and your kids. I did the same thing. I was how old was I? I was probably forty. Three kids getting ready to go to college. Yeah. Had a pretty nice paying job. Quit my job, sat down at the kitchen table and started writing on a software fitness company from scratch. Took on two or $300,000 yeah. $300, in credit card debt. And there were some good days and bad days. And there were a lot of both, but the good days were really good. And even the bad days, to your point, I said, there is no plan B, this has to yeah. work. And it worked for a long time. And then I got to the point where the business changed and needed to go a different direction where my passion wasn't, right? It became a business. Yeah. It didn't become a passion. Yeah. And then I shifted into something I'm doing now. And, and you have to, those are, those are, those are deep searching moments. It really is. Yeah. I, I, I like, I still can honestly say there are times that I still have the nine to five mindset. Doesn't make it bad, yeah. but I still have it. You know what I mean? And what I mean by that is that I guess it's more of sometimes me being hard on myself, right? Mm-hmm. Like the military has taught me a lot in condition. The military just conditions you. Sure. So gratefully I've been conditioned really good. So that helps a lot, you know, but in the same sense is that I still sometimes have that mindset and I still reckon I'm human. I'm, I'm lazy by default, right? Like I love sitting on the couch. Now that we're home, I walk by the couch and see my wife and see the kids on there. And I'm just like, man, I just want to jump on there and just kind of watch a movie and chill out. But like, I know that there's, it's, you know, I, I, I have to always work on, my mindset every day. And really what that is, is just that shift. Mm-hmm. It's that initial shift. I'm thinking about something, stop, move on. Like, I got to think about this. What do my edits look like? What am I filming tomorrow? And that ultimately gets me back in the seat of thinking about how do I plan for my next day? You know what I mean? Like, am I, like, I am so regimented when it comes to before I shoot that it's like, I already play it in my head, even though I don't exactly see it. I have my guide. I have who I'm interviewing. I know my B-roll. I know what drone shots I've, I've kind of looked at the place online, even though I don't know exactly what's going to happen. I know exactly what's going to happen. Sure. And I just want to touch on something before I forget in regards to being a, a, a videographer is that filming and editing is just a quarter or maybe even half of what you do, right? right. Like being that I'm working with people, I have to develop a relationship when I'm on set. It's like I was telling my buddy, I was like, I know when I got to step in and take charge, I know when I have to kind of um, shut up, to be honest with you. I know when I just got to just not say anything. And I know like in, 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 in prime example, there was, there was a gentleman that I was working with and he wanted to see every shot. It was, it was a virtual fashion show, right? And he wanted to see every single shot 
yeah that and hear it from the you know the lady that was emceeing the models coming down and he wanted to hear it every single time and it was like 20 people that were coming through and i just i was getting a little irritated and it, and it brought me to the thought of you hear sometimes a lot of people say man i can't work with this person can't work in this environment can't do that no you can what you have to do is you have to change your mindset right like you can work with anybody you want mm -hmm. you have to adjust I always find myself adjusting and, and, and just being a chameleon in so many and being adaptable in so many situations to where like, I have to be the one that has to be like, it doesn't, I will never be on a shoot. And I'll leave you with this. There'll never be a client or anybody that I'm working with. They will never know how I feel. I will always adjust to make the situation and the project right. So you, you just ate a plate of crow right there, right? And it's, it's, That's what it's, it was. It, even in my, my episode zero, I talk about that fact where I may enter a situation with a clear plan of how I'm going to do this until another person with a different set of expectations and perspectives and background and feelings and thoughts enters into that discussion. And I realize, yeah, my opinion might not really matter here. Ultimately, you've got to get the shot, get the client happy, and that changes how you communicate. So I... I I think that could go so far in every discussion we're having politically, you know, racially, you name it, any discussion we're having in our country, people forget there are two people in that discussion. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I'm not trying to, you know, pick a side or say it was white and right and wrong, but boy, we could have a lot more positive discussions about understanding where people are coming from and yeah. saying, you know what? I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. Now I understand where you're coming from. I, I may disagree, but I get it. Right. And, uh, that creates just a, a whole different environment. I, you know, there's something else that that I think is interesting. When you when you left your operations job to, to become a, 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 a video, basically an entrepreneur, right? Yeah, exactly. Your kids yeah. are now exposed to what you're doing, and they see you in your working environment and happy. They didn't get to see that when you went to the ops job. No, not at all. So their their perspective of the world changes dramatically. When they see you taking a risk and being who you need to be and want to be, it opens up their world so they don't get out and be programmed that I got to go do a 95. I got to yeah. do. And by the way, there are people, I have a lot of friends that look at me and say, wow, you're, you've, you've traveled all over the world. You've done all these different things. And I've said, well, let's talk about it. I've carried a lot of stress along the way. I've missed a yeah. lot of events. You worked a really great job that you were satisfied with. You were home every night, didn't miss anything. You knew what your income was going to be for the next 30 years. So your stress level was down here. Yep. And for some people, that is where they want to be. And they have much more satisfaction sometimes than other people. They were not striving for something. They were very satisfied and lived in the world they were in. And by the way, I don't know that you and I could do that. But for other people, I, I respect the fact that, man, they just kept it focused. They just kept it yeah. locked down. Yeah. And that doesn't make it that doesn't make it wrong for anything, Not right? We just, we just have a different ambition. Yeah. We have it. I mean, I, the first word that popped in my head was agenda, but yeah, I do have an agenda, mm -hmm. right? I, I want to be in my own, I, I want to be one of the best in my space. I want to work with some of the best in my space. Yeah. Right? I'm always studying other videographers out there and it's, it's easy to get, you know, there was a time to where, you know, obviously living on Instagram, seeing a lot of great content, right? I was just like, Sure. The, 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 the questions were always popping up. I was consuming so much that I forgot to really figure out what my style is and focus more on my style. I was just like, man, am I even good enough for this? Like even, even after making people cry, 
even after creating content that made people cry, I always felt like I wanted to create something so emotional that made, that made somebody cry and it happened. And I still questioned it, right? I still questioned, people said, you made, you've made this, you've, you've never, I've, somebody, you never portrayed my business or my brand in a way that I thought that could be possible. I'm like, sure. wow, like that's amazing, right? Like all this great feedback, it's still questioning. Still we, question it, good enough. And, and then we all do it every day. I mean, even starting a podcast, I thought, man, there's there's a million podcasts out there. Why is mine going to be any different or any better? <laughs> and and you know, the basic message is just get started. My first one was rough. Yeah. You know, I didn't even go to the places I wanted to go, and I got done, and I thought, well, that could be better. Yeah. And the next two were better, not because of me. The guests were I, the guests were so good. I mean, yeah. you just I wrote down another headline, by the way. I have an agenda. That's could be that's the subheadline. <laughs> there you right. go. You got options now. So there's so much richness um, in well, no pun intended. So we mentioned before we before we started recording, Rich, you had two kind of key points in your life. Yeah. Where you had to rethink your perspective, eat some crow, and you, you right away you said, "I've got two. Yep. Let's talk about what those two are. Yeah. So the first one is I was around maybe I don't know twenty twenty one. This is before I went to the military. This mm-hmm. was that, this was that when it happened. Okay. I was living in Virginia beach with my sister working, uh, doing car detail. I was actually one of the car detailers at, uh, I think it was an infinity dealership. Right. Okay. And then I was just like, man, I'm just out here just partying, just being young with no real direction, working, living with my sister. And I was just like, something has to happen. So I had, you know, I, I speak to my dad all the time, did 27 years in the army, retired as a Sergeant major. And uh, now he, can't, he just can't stop. He's teaching ROTC at a high school in, in, in Florida, God right? My dad went to ranger school when I was born. He's an old school hard charger, but he never forced me. Never was like, you have to do this. You got to do this. I just seen it. I just seen him every day in uniform. He was a drill sergeant. Always seen him in uniform. And I'll, I'll, I'll go to what I'm going to go into, but I love talking about my dad because he's like, he, I idolize him. So what a blessing that is. Yeah. And I had the opportunity to actually work with him in a reserve unit in his unit. So then we would go out and it'd be like, man, your fonts dad, like, man, you, you know that your dad, like I hear my, I hear stories of my, my dad taking people homeless out of their cars and helping them get in the military and mentor them and transfer them to wow. ultimately become a soldier. So it was just truly amazing. But it was that moment where I had a conversation with my dad and he was like, this is the moment he's like, now you know. You've seen me. I've talked to you about it. And like I knew going into it that it's start to finish. In the military, there is no – yeah, you, you can quit anything you want, but there is no quitting. There is no I walk out of the job. It just doesn't work like that. It literally doesn't work like that, right? You have to – there's a transitional time yeah. frame. So I knew going into this what I wanted to do. My dad was infantry. I said, okay, I'm going to go infantry, right? So ultimately it was one of those things to where – I'm sitting, you know, having a conversation with my dad and I'm like, all right, this is going to happen. Right. So then, uh, you know, went, went to the process of going to the recruiters and talking to maps. And then from there, the rest is history, right? It was Fort Benning and, uh, I did 16 weeks in Fort Benning for, uh, infantry training. And then from there went into, uh, airborne school, which is two weeks training. And then from there went to my first primary duty station, which was Fort Bragg, 82nd airborne. And that was it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So you were, you, were, you were detailing cars, and because of the example your dad set, but didn't force on you, mm-hmm. you came to your own decision, which, by the way, brilliant parenting. That's brilliant parenting. Yeah. 
Yeah. We, now we, I now I see it as yeah. a dad. I'm like, we look back know, and we go, ah, dad had it right. Yeah. It was never, it was never as hardcore as my dad was. He was never hardcore in the house. Never. You know, my dad was a, a four-time, uh, well, I was a three-time state champion, lost one wrestling match in high school. Really? One. And it was when my mom, who was his girlfriend at the time, wasn't there. Wow. So he was, uh, and by the way, born and raised in a farm. Yeah. Working his tail off. Tail off. The work ethic, he was able to translate down to us a lot by example, but also by nudging us, like, get up and go yeah. do that. No excuses. Yeah. Never forced the wrestling thing on any one of my brothers and I. We played basketball, football, soccer, baseball, yeah. you know, track, whatever. Never forced it. But my dad is five, six, five, seven. I was six, one. My wife and kids will tell you I'm not six feet. I've shrunk. Yeah. <laughs> but up until he was probably 65, 70 years old, he could put me on my back. Wow. You know, and I, and he wrestled really? at 145. Right, he probably weighs 160 away, 210. He could probably still put me on my back. Wow. So, but he would never, he's the most peaceful, like your dad, I, I, I could do a whole podcast. I've rarely met a human being. I have never heard a single person in my entire life say a negative thing about my father. Wow. And that's not because he's a softy. He's just yeah. one of those people, he's wired to do the right thing every yeah. flip in time. And you have to ultimately respect that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, of course. So for me, I'd like to think that I got more of my mom. But here's the thing. I know who I am and I know who I'm not. I know what I struggle with and I know where my opportunities are. Sure. You know what I mean? As a dad, as a human, as a professional, it just doesn't make a difference. So like, I like to think I got a lot more opportunities than so, right? Like, and that's fine. Because I know, like I said, I know who I am and, and, you know, not to get too much into it, but then, you know, it was just one of those things. So going into the second thing, not to, yeah. not to veer off too much, that was, that was the, 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 the ops management transitioning into full-time videography, right? right. And, and I'll kind of dip a little bit more into that. So what was going on, I had some buddies that have a successful business in New Jersey. And the thought of, of me going full-time into this, and this was, this was really good. So I'll kind of I'll, I'll kind of um, shrink it up a little bit, but and I grew I I didn't grow up with these guys, but I went to high school with these guys. Successful business they they, they have uh, in New Jersey, and they saw what I was doing, and they, my buddy was like, "Rich, we should just start a media company, right? Like we'll 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 kind of put a small fund into it, and and we'll we'll help you run it, but ultimately like you got to be out there one trying to get business and doing videos and really kind of helping with the brand of the company and stuff like that." So really, long story short, we did it like and it and and what that entailed is me going into new going up to New Jersey um, for like a you know like a month at a time to as a certain extent, right? I go for like three weeks, come back for a week, go up for a month. So like after that transition, that's what I was doing. So and it got to the point where these guys, I was in their office, kind of like we had our meetings, and we were doing this thing, but I saw this to where I had the expectation that they were gonna play, maybe put more time into us doing this together and that didn't happen of course not right so when i saw that i i the immediate emotional was in but like i it wasn't i knew these guys so i knew that i could have those hard conversations but still be mindful that they were running a business a very successful business so ultimately it got to the point to where it got dissolved it didn't ruin the relationship sure but it got dissolved and that really took me back into coming back to north carolina and being like what do i do now 
Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, I've developed a pretty good portfolio of what I was shooting these extravagant houses showcasing a lot of the features that these smart home technologies and what they did. I was doing a lot of really cool stuff, built some, had some really good experience, got some better gear and, de- and just really develop more of my skill set. Right. Like that's what really got that got out of it. But then I came back here and I was like, what do I do now? I've built some relationships. Right. And that ultimately is what helped me is that there was a guy he's, he, he's been doing this full time for like 10 years. And he was like, Rich, I love what you're doing. You've been doing great. Like I see that you're back full time and notice what you were doing. He's like, man, I'm getting really booked up and I can't, I can only take on so much. Like, would you want to take on all those extra projects that's coming on? So I was like, dude, like, you know, the stars align with that. Right. Like, and so ultimately that's where I'm at now is that there's a guy he's dedicated to a certain client and everything else that comes in comes to me if I want to take it on. So that it's been very fruitful that I've been able to position myself right to really genuinely build that relationship, right? Because he can trust me with his clients. He can trust me to go out with a, with a small guide and scope to go out and, to, and handle business, right? And adjust as I need to. But ultimately, it was, it was the, the loyalty. It was the respect. It was the camaraderie. It was all those values that I took from the military that helped me now in the space to be able to adjust and to go out in any situation and to do what I do and really make it a successful project. You know, know, another key word you touched on was trust. Yeah. So you and I met because I saw a LinkedIn post you had done on one of the first videos you had produced, right? You had said, I'm out there, I'm doing this. And for me, that sparked entrepreneur, right? I've lived it. I respect anybody doing it. So I reached out and you and I met, had a cup of coffee and, yeah. And, and that led to this because you're passionate. I'm like, this guy's going to be successful. I mean, yeah. you didn't state it, but I, I said, he doesn't have a plan B. He's, he's all in. Yeah. And the way, the way businesses grow is if I can refer you to a customer because I can trust you to be successful and courteous and run that project, your business will have no end. Referrals yep. drive everything in this space. Yeah. And a creative piece is eye-catching. People go, who did that? Right. I want to know who did that. So, you know, let's, let's, uh, let's touch base a little bit on how you and your family have adapted to this whole new world, right? You're, you're around more, you're working more, you got strange hours. Tell me how that's benefited your family. Is it deep in the relationships? You know, what's that like? Yeah, that's a great question. So it's been, it's been perfect when I say that, right. When I say perfect, I mean, I'm more in tune now if I'm yeah. and, and, and this is me kind of div- diving into the parent too, to where say if I'm downstairs, uh, you know, I have now with COVID everything, I kind of just propped up in my, in my, in my um, dining room there. So like so much traffic happens with my kids and coming downstairs, but sure. if my son come ask me, Hey, you want to go play some uh, Madden on Xbox? Right. And I'm editing. I have the moment to where I'm like, I can't get that moment back. I'll stop. Right. doesn't matter what it is. I'll come sure. back and finish it. That's the joys of what I have to do, because if it takes me, if I stop for an hour, I'll just make up, I'll just tack that hour on or however long it takes me sure. to come back and do it. So what I mean, it's been perfect. I mean, in the sense of that, it's been very fruitful because time, now I have time to go and watch a movie with my daughter. Now I have time and a little bit of more of an extra money to go out and take my kids to do things, right? Just got back from Myrtle Beach for four days. This Saturday, we're leaving for Florida. My birthday's on the first. So now we're going for four or five days to go and spend time with my parents, 
right? I haven't, I've never been able to do that to where yeah. I can just go and just do things here and there. And it's just time. I've been able to control my time more, but you still have to be careful with that too, because there's that balance to where like mm -hmm. I have to get work done. And then, you know, my, I, I kind of set that expectation with my family and my kids too. I sit them down when we're having dinner and I just say, listen, guys, you know, there's, there's times that I'm going to have to put in extra days to where, you know, if you see me, just like my daughter said not too long ago, she's like, you're always on your computer. I'm saying, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really not. You just see me all the time on my computer, right? Like, I'm really not all the time. Like, At the time you looked up, I just happened to always be there, right? Yeah. I mean, if you catch me after dinner and if it's 8 o'clock and I'm on from 8 until 1 o'clock in the morning, you're going to bed at a certain time. So, so yeah, you see me at that time when I'm on it. And then, but you don't, you don't see me from 5 a.m. to 10. If say, say she wakes up at 10, you don't see me at 5 a.m., right? I've already did, I've already knocked out three projects before you even woke up. You yeah. know what I mean? So I don't want to sidestep, but like, yeah, it's been, it's really been great because let me, let me take you back to the other ops management. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll just touch on it. Yeah. There was a, there was another uh, supervisor job that I was in. It was ops man, it was uh, ops supervisor. But my, I would go in from 4 p.m. and sometimes get it home at 6 or 7. So I would get home when the kids are going to school. This yeah. was years ago. And I would always be exhausted. So I would sleep, at, you know, sometimes for a couple hours. They would come home and I would just be so mentally and physically yeah. exhausted that I just with just a couple of conversations and that's it. But when I get home and I'm exhausted, I'm so ignited, though, because I get to talk to them about the, the project, right? Dude, I'm, dude I'll, I'll be so honest with you, like, there was a project I've been filming a lot lately and my the other guys been editing and, and it's so great to see it come together. Like I get emotional when I've watched these projects. Like it's like, it's so amazing to see all this just, just come to uh... Oh man, did this, you there? Yeah. I'm oh, still here. I don't know what happened. I think, uh... but um, so I don't want to get so sidestep, but the, uh, it's been, it's definitely been very fruitful. It's been, nothing short of a blessing to spend more time and really understand the awareness of an entrepreneur to really find balance to not overwork, but then know that like those are those opportunities to where like, even if I'm working and like my family's like, you want, you want to go to lunch? Yeah, let's go to lunch. Yeah. I, I have to do that because I don't, you know, th there's times that I don't do it, but you know, I have to find that balance. It's been great. You, you said you're not going to get that time back, right? Yeah. Um, you've set boundaries with your family that there are times where I have to work and I've got to grind it out and they'll respect that when they see it. Yeah. Uh, I think it's been a challenge for many of us. You know, we were actually just having this discussion as a company. We've been home since March. We're going to stay home through January as a business. There was kind of an unwritten rule. When you saw people leave the office, you didn't call them after that. Yeah. They were going home to their home life. Yeah. You just, you, that was off limits. Well, there's no boundaries anymore. Yeah. Right. I, I'm, I find myself, which I, I, I like to work. I like what I do. I like what we do. But I find myself still at 830 at night after starting at 6 a.m. It's 15 hours into it, 14 and a half hours into it. I've got to say, we got to shut this down and go, go spend time with our families. Yeah. So you have to be cautious about it. I'm lucky. My kids are old and out of the house. So yeah. I, don't, I don't have little ones around that need my attention. Um, my wife has done an amazing job raising my kids with, I, I, I like to say with my assistants. Yeah, I can agree. <laughs> yep. Uh, and she, you know, she was, we had dinner with our kids every, every night. She had a meal on that table every night. And when our kids were in sports, that got to be challenging because, yeah. oh, you yeah. know, one might be having practice till eight, but when, when one came home late, one of us sat with that kid and had dinner. 
and more often than not, we were all there together. And, and it's amazing. You've seen this. I have a daughter and two sons. Any one of them can have a day where they really want to talk. Yeah. And then you just sit there and let them go or just yep. eat it up. Cause you just see the excitement and they have other days where they just want to kind of eat their food and not say a lot. Yeah. And you know, they're processing it. And it's an art form when you learn at different times how they're dealing with it. And if you're not present, right? If you're not present in that moment, you miss it. Especially when those doors are closed upstairs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If those doors are closed, I'm super aware of that. Yep. I mean, I'm really aware. I'm just like, okay, like it's, it's time for me to go up like, and, just, mm-hmm. and just, hey, you all right? Or it may just be like, hey, love you. you know? I'm here if you ever want to talk or anything like that. Or if it's just like, hey, son. Let's play some, let's play some baseball. Or if I tell my daughter, let's watch a movie. Even if she tells me no, I still want them to know that I'm, Rich, that I'm there. You have just, you have just given an example of some of the most brilliant parenting anyone. This, this is, if anybody listens to anything in this podcast and they're a parent, I'm going to, I'm going to drill into what you just said. There's so many things there. So first of all, you have a signal. You were aware when that door is closed. Yeah. You, you recognize the problem. Why that's important, most parents don't. They're not paying attention. Yeah. And, and then, by the way, down the road when something happens, they go, what did I miss? Well, they missed that. That's important. The most important thing is you got up off your ass and engaged with your child. You said, I've got to go say, hey, I love you, or hey, what's wrong, or would you like to play some Xbox, or would you like to watch a movie? Kids don't know how to communicate because they don't have our years of experience of doing it right and wrong. Yeah. We have to figure out that that is such a delicate lesson. And they don't, they're not aware necessarily of the quality of that time or the quantity of that time. They're just aware of the time. Exactly. Mom, dad, dad cares. They may not know how to communicate or say, thanks dad. But somehow you're going to warm a place in their heart and know they're going to know that they're loved. And this is not, you know, this is not soft parenting. This is just freaking parenting. Yeah. And it's, it's, um, it's a lot of the moments too, of having discussions yeah. with my wife. It's a lot of the moments to where there, there were some blowups. There were some, you know, now when COVID happened, we're around each other a whole lot more. There's oh, yeah. a whole lot more going on. Doesn't, you know, it's not, it's not that it's a bad thing, but it's just the, it's just the awareness of where's my humility at. Right. Yeah. I messed up here, but then like, how can I make it right? Right. And there's one thing that I've always, well, not always, but I'd say maybe over the past five to 10 years that I've always said something very good. If I messed up and I mess up more times than so, mm-hmm. then I try and make it right. Listen, I was wrong for that. No excuses. I was wrong for that. I have to make it right. Like that's one thing. And maybe that was just something that it's just been, you know, it's been beaten to my head in the military. There's no excuses. Right. There just, there just is no excuses. Right. When I'm standing in front of the, in front of the company or in front of my platoon sergeant or the company commander, and he's, ask, he, and he's asking me for my accountability for what happened and what I did. There isn't. It's just that, I, I, listen, there is, hopefully there's a next time and I'll make it right, right? There's just, it's all that it is. There's no excuse. I will make it right. That's it. So, you know, just kind of going back to that. Yeah, it's been, it's been really interesting. And, and it's, there's been some really good growth as a dad, right? And, and I'm, I'm just... I'm just trying to be aware more now, like where, where we are within, you know, obviously the, 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 the state our country is in and even as how that, you know, kind of comes down into family life and parenting and 
sports and all this stuff that's going on is that like, man, it's really important. Like you, like you mentioned, that was, you know, the dinner table. Those are important times. Oh. Even if there's not much seen being said, there's times when the TV is on, I just may be glancing back and forth to TV, not saying much, right? There's a lot of times that my son will tell my, will, will ask my wife, what's wrong with dad, right? So, and that's okay because like, like I said before, I know who I am and I know who I'm not and I know where my opportunities lie, yeah. right? And that's it. I know where my opportunities lie is another good tagline. Seriously, yeah. I mean, because- We're gonna write a book, Rich. When I say opportunities is that like, I know where I'm at fault and where I have to try and make it right in, in certain parts. I mean, it's just like, because what I mean by opportunity is that like, it's not an issue. I don't say, what's this issue over here? No, what's the opportunity over there? Yeah. It just sounds a little bit more <laughs> positive, right? Well, yeah. And you know, my wife made it, she made it a process that when the kids got home or I got home, she put on, you know, old big band, Frank Sinatra, Tony Bennett type music in the background. Yeah. And then That's made, awesome. it, and made it apparent. The kids didn't go up to the room and do homework. They did homework at the kitchen table around us and they could ask questions and we were all part of that process together. And, and she said, my kids will never disappear in their rooms. They will be with us. Now there are times when they get older, right? They need yeah, some time, right? They need some time. Yeah. But when they were younger, she made it very clear that you will learn to communicate. You will be accountable to what you're doing, et cetera. Um, I'd like to take full credit for that. I can't, I, I participated in it and benefited yeah. from it, but, yeah. um, let's drill down into uh, the most important part of the topic is I got to hear the story behind the tats. Yeah. Well, so I think my first tattoo was at 18 or 19 and I was, that wasn't when I was in Virginia beach. My sister took me. So after that, it was really kind of the ins and outs of, um, I think I got about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine tattoos. And they're spread out a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. And each of them was what, at a different part of my journey in life. But that itch, I think it was, you know, obviously been in the military before. And this was, I was in from 2000 to 2007. Now, everybody wants tattoos. Everybody's got them. There's sleeves. There's Instagram pages with, sure. with tattoo guys. Like, it's a thing now. Mm -hmm. But before, I was around a lot of, you know, around my guys in my platoon. And we would go out, you know, we would get tattoos and stuff like that. So, like, I got that itch before. But now, um I'm, I'm getting it back. I'm at a different time in my life. And I was, you know, I've been able to build a skill set and trade, you know, um, trade that with, for another artist. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and now I'm at a point in my life to where I'm like, okay, you know, I forget that it hurts a little bit for a long period of time. So, <laughs> you know, some people's, uh, um, you know, can take pain a little bit more that, but it, you know, it's a needle digging in your skin for long periods of time and they're scraping it. Right. So yeah. like it hurts. It doesn't make, I don't care what anybody says. If you, if you go a little, if you go a long period of time, it, it just hurts. But anyway, so I'm at a time now to where I'm just like, okay, you know, this, this right arm is going to get done in increments and I have to put it together. So it's it's been really cool to kind of research the, the, the types and kind of certain things that I'm looking for, you know, to get that done. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, um, it's definitely been a journey and uh, I'm looking for, I'm looking for more now, right? Yeah. I'm, looking, I'm looking to getting in the seat. So, yeah. So, um, you know, uh, Rich, it's interesting when I set this up, I had some ideas of things I wanted to talk about with you. And I got to tell you the depth of your background and your personality 
and the lessons you learned that you've translated from your father into your livelihood. Dude, I'm, I'm happy to, I, I'm so excited to see what you're going to produce because you have got so much to offer people. Um, I, I just, I'm going to do, we're going to, most of the people that I put on the show, if I want to do another one, I know we've found something. Yeah. So we're going to do this again, right? Yeah. I yeah, see, I'm all for it. Yeah. You got to see the next videos. I got to see if you've made people cry. I've got to see where your kids are at. You know, all those things. Yeah, it's been so I'll be completely honest. Uh, when COVID happened, I, uh, I went into anxiety and security mode. Mm-hmm. Um, being in the military, you know, a couple of tours, it, it, it hit me really hard to where I wasn't, I didn't have any inspiration to produce really anything. I was working to produce for clients and giving all my energy for that because it was a great distraction for me to not think so much about, you know, um, civil unrest. And then obviously COVID I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't know what to think other than like, man, I don't want to go to downtown Raleigh. Right. I didn't want to go to all these places. And I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I don't, the only thing I know how to do is protect my family and protect myself. Sure. All I was trained to do. So then that, was a switch that kicked on and then it was just, it became a problem and it, and it, and it, and obviously my anxiety got a lot higher. And then now with all that happening, I said, okay, now I'm going to go run. I'm going to run a couple of miles in this heat because I don't want to sit at home. I, I don't know what to do. My anxiety's building. Yep. So I just worked out. I just worked out more. Right. And that was my therapy. Working out was my therapy. So like, so what I'm trying to get to is that it's coming back slowly now. Right now that I'm out, now that I'm out shooting more, now that things got better, and now that um, I, I feel that I'm I, I'm in a better place. Not that the world is in a better place, but I'm in a better place on how I've been able to really work through that. You know, th- this transition that's been going on, mm-hmm. and and it's been good. So you know, hearing you say that is just like okay, now I'm get I'm gonna get back to kind of producing more content for myself. Now I just reached out to a guy. I'm just like, listen, man, I need some BTS stuff. Like I want to, I want to get mic'd up. I want to talk about what's going on. And I want to, uh, and I even want to talk about how I felt and what I was going through. Even if it's setting that camera up, looking in and saying, you know what? I had a problem during this time. My anxiety was high, my frustration, my anger. And I didn't know what to do because I put those scenarios in my head. If I'm at a gas station and somebody wants to try and pull me out of the car, it's not going to happen. Right. I, I feel like I almost see things sometimes before they happen yeah. because when it happens, I'm not going to be the one that's caught up. Right. right. So I don't want to get too much into that. That's just the military in me coming out, but it can be very good, but it can be very not so good at times, but I'm really looking forward to getting back in my groove of getting behind camera and really finding that, that narrative that can ultimately just help people help people through the anxiety that I had through the anger that I had, but also help people through the motivation to just like, listen, when your, your, your feet hit the ground today, you've already won. Yeah. What else is there? To, like, what else is there? It's a constant reminder of everything that I battle with and everything that I even though I'm successful at. Listen, it's okay. Like, it's going to be okay, you know? So many nuggets there, Rich. You know, the fact that when you were dealing with, as we all were, the anxiety and changing world of COVID that you focused on exercise, right? You, 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 you drilled into a good thing, right? Um, my, uh, my oldest son 
graduated from state last year, played in the soccer team there, came back and he said, dad, I'm going to, I'm going to take a hundred percent commission job in commercial real estate. I want to live at home for a year, save money to buy a house. And you know, would you, would you be okay with that? And he's a good kid, hardworking kid. I said, absolutely. Well then COVID hit, right? So his whole job world got rocked, but he said, Hey, uh, I'll work out with you. And I forget that he's, you know, 30 years younger than me. <laughs> Rich, we, we went at it for about three, four months. I gained 10 pounds of muscle and I felt like oh, yeah. I got hit by a truck every day. <laughs> yeah, I feel the same way. You know, I and way. so I've got, to, I got to get back to some balance there as well for my life. Right? I dove in real hard and still working 18 hour days. But that hour, an hour and 15 minutes that we were exercising to you, that was my therapy. That is, it is critical from and a mental, that, emotional, and creative process. And I know that you'll relate to what I'm going to say. You know, I've found that working out, it's not, it's, it's not beneficial. and It doesn't work for me. Not working out of frustration or anger or anxiety or anything. It's more of finding the therapy, listening to your body, understanding your breathing. Like when I run, it's so peaceful. I don't <laughs> like running at all. But I found the way for it to be peaceful. I focus on my breathing, mm-hmm. Right. Sometimes if I, need to, if I need to slow down a little bit and if I'm in the shade and, and a gust of wind or like a breeze comes by, I'll close my eyes and it's being present in the moment. Yep. That's what, ignite, that's what gets me by. That's what's helping me is yep. being present even in the times where I feel like I can't even breathe. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It, it's, uh, it's me. Breathing is a big part of, of every exercise routine. Yeah. By the way, preventing injury but also letting your body, getting in touch with what your body's going through. And to me, yep. uh, I, you know, last night I had a long day and I said to my wife, I'm going to go out in the garage and, and, and get my workout in. And I came in, I said, boy, it was so good to throw some weight around. It was just good <laughs> to throw some weight around. It really is. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you feel it for hours afterwards, which is part of the, part of the therapy. Yeah. Well, you know, Rich, I, I, I've thoroughly enjoyed this. I think it's been You've exceeded, you're, you're going to get people that are going to follow this and go, I want to find out more about that guy. Yeah. And I hope that happens and we'll reach out and get you back in the program. But, you know, thanks for eating some crow with us. Uh, it was uh, probably one of the best five course meals we've had. <laughs> I appreciate it. Priya. This is, uh, this has been great. I, I, I've, I've did a couple of these so far and um, this is by far super exciting, super great. Blessed to, blessed to be here on, on here with you. Thanks, Rich. We'll be in touch. Talk to you soon, buddy.